Two years after his death, the prosecutor's office in Union County, New Jersey, re-released video from the February night when Jamal Gaines was killed. It's some of the only public evidence from the case, and while that video is short and the surveillance footage is grainy and hard to make out, one detail stands out. A limp. One of the two shooters had a limp, a pretty bad one, and when he ran away from the sneaker store owned by Jamal and his friends, it almost looked like he was hobbling. The other gunman follows close behind. He's not limping. But something else stands out here. These two people look like they're scared. They're not really moving like this dash down a back alleyway in downtown Rawway, New Jersey, was part of the plan. They're just running away, like they're the ones who are afraid. It was 9.15 on a Friday night, February of 2016. From that prosecutor's report, quote, Two shooters, with their faces obscured by fabric, accessed Gaines's sneaker store through a rear utility door, resulting in a physical struggle that culminated in the fatal shot being fired. At that point, the two suspects ran out of the building the same way they came in. But nothing would ever be the same. I'm Dan Bowens, and you are listening to The Tape Room, a podcast here on the Fox 5 network of podcasts. Here, we take a look back at some of the tri-state area's infamous and unsolved crimes. We think it's important to shed new light on these cases. If you haven't listened to our first episode of this case, Sneakerhead, The Life of Jamal Molly Gaines, we suggest you do. This is the follow-up. This is the story of how Jamal lost his life on the night of February 26, 2016. say to your best friend as he's dying in your arms. This couldn't have been real. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. And yet there he was, Jamal Gaines, 21 years old, in a pool of his own blood, dying on the floor of the store he helped build from scratch, looking up at one of his closest friends, Corey Morris. I still remember that day like it was yesterday. It, like, just another regular day. Well, Shop closes. We had, we had a good day that day while I was just hanging out in the back. Like nothing out of the norm, nothing that would even give us a spot that something like that was, was about to take place. On that day back in February two years ago, it didn't seem like much could stop Jamal Gaines. He'd overcome so much, an illness leaving him partially blind, a setback with a previous business venture, all that was in the past now. No, at 21 years old, his store, a sneaker shop in downtown Rawway, New Jersey, was successful. He owned it with his lifelong best friends. They'd turned their love of sneakers into a thriving store, selling hard-to-find shoes like Air Jordans or limited-edition shoes from brands like Nike or celebrities like Kanye West. After years of hard work, 
the money was finally coming in. The opportunity to grow even bigger was a reality, and his mother, Tina Wilson, couldn't have been prouder. He always wanted to have the best price, so sometimes he would only make like a, a smaller profit, five, 10, 15, 20 dollars, just to get that connection so that person would keep coming back and keep coming back. It was after the store closed. Jamal and a couple of his friends decided to stay late, hang out in the back of the store. It was Friday, so no worries if it got a little late after hours. There was a knock on the door. Um, I can I can always I can still remember the scene, the vocals of what was said. Um, there's a knock on the door. There's uh, somebody. There was somebody at the door who <clears throat> wasn't. Well, Jamal told him to open the door, but after the few after the first few knocks, nobody said anything. This is Corey again. He and Jamal had been friends since they were just boys. Corey was one of the co-owners of East Coast, along with another close friend, Jeremy Mendez, together running this store, one of the most popular boutique sneaker shops in the tri-state area was literally a dream come true. We stayed uh, because there was a sneaker that I had to take care of that night. That was, that was the only reason he was even there. So, um, end of the day came, we were just all hanging out in the back, whatever the case is, there was a little liquor back there, we just having a drink and chopping it up, basically. What we, what we like to talk about was uh, like future goals and things that we intended on purchasing or just, you know, young and aspired. And then there was that knock at the door. Everyone froze, except Jamal. After the first few knocks, nobody said anything. So um, one of the kids said, don't open it. But uh, Jamal thought it was his girlfriend because she was probably supposed to be coming to get him sometime. So, so he says, open the door, just open it. And then I was actually literally like right next to the door when it was open. So I looked left and the first thing I saw was two bells myself and everybody get up and start running. He was in his back store with six other people. Um, they were chilling. They, they're sitting on the couch. They hear a knock on the door. Um, you see a person get up and Ma, my brother's like, open the door. They said they were the open. police and they the one said, person didn't want to open the door and Jamal said, open the door. This is Jamal's sister, Divinity. She's describing what happened next. The whole thing was recorded by security cameras inside. They knock on the door. They open the, the, these people, the guy who he's with, he opens the door. And the six friends, they all, everybody looks at this door and there's the two men standing there with the guns. They're dressed in black. Um, they, have mask over, they have masks over their face. My brother gets up off of the couch. He throws the drink at him first. He stands up. He throws a drink. Once he does that, everybody, those five other people that were in the room with him, they leave. They shoot my brother one time, and then now they're in the hallway, and the door closes, like the door slams. So he's in the hallway by himself. But you see in the other room, there's one person still sitting on a chair. So once they shoot my brother the, the first time, he's on the floor squirming for his life. And once they see him still moving, so there's two people, they see him still moving, they shoot him again. The only possible thing that I think 
he's about to do is shut this door so we can all run out of there. It's like, and I, and I kind of held that, that burden over me because I felt like I was supposed to go through that door with him regardless of what the end result would have been. It's still hard for Corey to talk about, to think about. In those seconds of what to do, he thought Jamal, who was unarmed, would see those guns and run. It was all happening so fast. He sees there's somebody at the door. Do you think he saw that the guys had the guns? Yeah, because they had masks on. There's no way he didn't see that. I almost got the sense when I was talking to uh, Tina and watching the video, it almost looked like, I mean, he was like, just defending his store in a way. I mean, defending yeah, the store, defending exactly. his dream. That's exactly what it was, 100%. When I first spoke with Tina Wilson about what happened to her son, I just couldn't get it out of my head. The way she described what happened, what I heard from her was optimism, like a raw sense of pride. I understand now, it's clear, Jamal went toward the men with guns because he was ready to fight for what was his. So when I'm watching this video, I see him sitting there and the guys open the door and he just pounces on them like an animal. And I'm just seeing him fighting and fighting and they do the one shot and they shoot him again. He's still fighting the whole time. And I'm just smiling because I'm just like so proud of him. And he's just like, you know, not giving up at all. But who were these guys and what did they want? There weren't many warning signs. Someone had tried to rob the store before, but nothing seemed dangerous. Railway is a pretty safe town. It was all videotaped. Even the car the people got out of was videotaped. Um, the, there's a block on the side of the street. Someone had a camera on their house. So you can see they show the car, the make, the model. You see the people get out the car and then they had to climb a fence and one of the guys had a limp so when he walked or ran, he like had a limp. So you see the whole thing is on camera, except it's black and white. So it's kind of hard to put pieces together. They had us come in, um, ask us questions. They had us watch the video over and over again because maybe they thought we could recognize the people. They questioned every, everybody, everyone, and you know, just pretty much everyone was scared to talk. Do you think that those guys came there to kill Jamal? Or do you think that they came there to rob the store? I mean, that's what I want to believe. My brother wasn't a bad person. Who would want to kill him? They just wanted money or sneakers. Why Why do you think they didn't take anything? I think they were very amateur, just had no idea what they were. They had no idea what they were doing. I mean, the one guy, like I said, he shot him. And then the other one, Jamal was literally standing, like the gun was on his shoulder when he touched. And like you said, why not? Okay, he's down. Let's go in the door and say, give me some money. They just left as soon as the gun went off. They were scared. They ran. In the video, you could tell they're scared. I told you they were like rummaging around looking for something. They were scared. They're like, they knew they they knew they messed up. They were like, we messed up. Now you, now, now you look, now that's why you're the donkey of the day because for what? And that makes me angry to think that somebody who had a lot of money, who didn't have it because they sold drugs or because they were robbing ATM machines, who literally would give you, hey, I need $10.
hey, I need to get some chicken wings from the Chinese store next door, my brother would give the 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 children off the street because his store was in the downtown Rahway area, so you couldn't miss it. So the kids would walk home from school and they would see the store. They would come in, he would name them like Jabuki, Jadish, Jadat, and he would pay these children to go out and pass out flyers Their for first him, little give jobs. $5, give them $5. So that's, it's a shady thing that somebody who's actually helping the community is a target when it should have been the other way. What he's accomplished it, being so young is just, I, I don't know, it's a little tough for me to really speak about, but yeah, and even you, almost three years later, it feels like it's like a big void of my life that's missing. It's the reality of losing someone you love before it's time, before you can say everything you want. Those two people, the man with the limp and the other suspect, they got to run away. But they took everything from Jamal Gaines and the people who loved him. Those killers are still out there. Someone knows who shot him. Those are the questions Tina Wilson lives with every day. And he had so many good things going for him. And, and then this all gets ripped away. I can't imagine what that, what that is like as a, as a parent, as a mother, as a... It's, it's a daily thing. I, right after it happened, I wanted to open the store like two days later. I'm like, let's just keep going. I just try to stay busy. I try to find the good in it. Um, and the good that I found, it's so many whys and ups and downs and all around. And I've heard so many different things from different people. If you want to go with the the holy way, you know, God gives us our children, they're really his, and we're lucky to have him for the time that we do. And um, for him to show us that the world, you can make a difference. And that's what I plan on doing with his memory. So I feel his death has to have a purpose, it has to have a meaning, it has to make a difference to someone. She started a foundation in Jamal's honor. They meet once a week, a group of kids learning how to be responsible, hardworking young men like Jamal. And then recently, Tina found out something she didn't know about her son. He was an organ donor. Things I found out about him afterwards, like I didn't know he was an organ donor. So the next day after it happened, the sharing network called me and they had to ask me all these questions, like an hour's worth of questions. And I said, eventually, I want to know where his parts went. Today, I got that phone call um, that I've been wanting for so long. And she told me um, his tendons were used for, like, if people get meniscus or ACL, his um, bones were used. His bones were used so, like, his legs or whatever bones can be used to help people. And also his heart valve. Um, and they said the good thing about the heart valve is it grows with people. His heart, it's what guided Jamal Mali Gaines, a passion to build a business from a dream, a dream he died defending. Tina calls the detectives often, sometimes every week, and the Union County Prosecutor's Office describes this case as highly active. They're still searching, the killers still out there. Anyone with information about the shooting is urged to contact authorities in Union County, New Jersey. The anonymous line is 908-654-TIPS, 908-654-8477. 
or you could text message UCTIP plus a message to 274637. The Tape Room is part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dan Bowens. This episode was recorded, edited, and mixed by Matt Onimus. Our executive producers are myself, Matt Onimus, and Ahmad Asgar. Byron Harmon is vice president of Fox 5 News, and Lou Leone is vice president and general manager. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Tape Room. Thank you.